Greetings. I'm Curtis Joseph. This is In Depth. Last night, I watched The Joker, starring Joaquin Phoenix. This film greatly amazed me for how surreal, truthful, and relevant it is in our society. Though the film takes place in 1981, all the themes that played out throughout the film is very much relevant in our world today. I felt very bad for Arthur Fleck, a man that was kicked down in society constantly, trying to eke out a life that much of society didn't even give a damn about him, really didn't even care. A man playing a clown, trying to earn a decent living. But everyone that felt that they were superior towards him didn't even give a damn about Arthur. They really didn't care. And the only comfort he actually had in his life was his mother. But as I watched this movie, I found it to be in a world very much I can identify in our today's world, where the disenfranchised are speaking out against the one percenters and watching this film even though it takes place in a different period of time that I used to live in that most of us used to live in um, it's interesting that basically this film harked very much like the Nolan Dark Knight trilogy the deep cerebral groundedness in it as I watched this film it felt like it, it could have been in the 70s, just in its artistic value, the, the aesthetics of it, the meticulousness, the care that was taken to breathe life in every character that was in this universe, this world in Gotham City. And yes, there were Easter eggs in, in and out, but it wasn't so much that. It was really about the human condition, about how we treat each other. And it is very true. This movie is realistically a cautionary tale that we cannot trivialize and, and dismiss other, anybody's lives. Nobody. And it's far too often that basically that a lot of people's lives get devalued based on other people's perspective in the superficial nature, basically judging people based on their looks, which really has really nothing to do with them. It is just, a, it is only the scratching of the surface of really what's within the essence of the person. Because not even in a hundred years would you know the person, the people in your lives. You will know their behavior, but not really the true life force of who they are, because that surpasses uh uh, character traits, archetypal uh, traits, basically. It's just, but when I watched the film and how dark it started, from dark to darker to darkest, to where I saw a man that basically who got fed up of being kicked around, dissented into descended basically into the darkest place I've ever seen a human being ever go to. And even though this guy, this character was a fictional character, 
it exhibited what the human condition could could descend to and has actually in fact actually has descended to throughout history with all the atrocities that has ever taken place in the human condition that is human beings has done to each other displaying this what I saw in this film it is very much true that they made known that basically this film is really a cautionary tale if you're not if if society is not careful about how we all treat each other and to see Arthur Fleck descend and then ascend so descending into darkness and ascending into the light to becoming Joker was truly amazing because I can put this on the level of the Dark Knight. Yes, it was Heath Ledger playing the Dark Knight in one film, and seeing Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker in this film. So between the two, I can't. I would not even dare compare the two because Heath Ledger's portrayal back in the twenty, at the two thousand eight film, to this twenty nineteen film for Joaquin Phoenix playing jo uh, Arthur Fleck joker um in 2019 to heath ledger's joker in 2008 they there's no there's no reason to compare the two they're just they're different performances both sadistically caustically grounded like deeply rich character developments which i greatly ex respect as a writer and as a and as a, a viewer of entertainment it was so beautifully to see these characters um, done so well um, in their own rights and now I as go as far as to say like Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn um, granted enough that she gets her own solo film to do I would very much like to see her character played out as she did in the the comic book um the batman adventures of um of um mad love we really see her dedication to the joker but that's really her being fully fleshed out in terms of um her portrayal of how she is but i don't want to get off point here um seeing seeing the joker last night was truly enlightening in terms of how a character can be fully developed um fleshed out as a real living human being can ever be and and what was interesting more was basically all this the beats that were playing out and and especially the key beats in the in the score of how where Arthur was was spiraling, and you could felt and you felt the beats of basically like the descend the descending like like he's digging he's he's falling more in a deeper hole he's getting more fed up, and then the rising beats where he no longer had to, to like the medications were no longer the, the chains that were holding him down and he was awakening and rising up and the key notes and the beats that were playing it was very much hallmarking how the dark knight bruce wayne in the, the the nolan trilogy the beats that he was rising up to ascend to to betterment arthur fleck and joker 
in his own right was doing that exact same thing but in his own way like it was that same type of ascension but in the the key beats that were beating where he was ascending and rising and yes on the poster itself where you see him jolly, like doing a jig well doing many jigs down the stairs and 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 glorifying in his ascension in terms of, of fully immersing himself and saying forget the world this is who i have always really been i am not playing this game anymore the world is going like i'm not going to play the world's game anymore the world's going to play by my game and that's it and to see that liberation for this man it could have been the same for a woman that was it doesn't matter what the sex is to see the liberation for a person who was who 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 got fed up who knew who always knew they were better than what the world was telling them that that, that they were that they were and they were being re, and the, and that ascension of realistic nature the realism aspect the truest and purest to see Arthur Fleck do that was amazing yes it for him it led it led to the sinister act of dissension of uh, of um, of this caustic nature and this uprising of many people who wore Joker mask to cause incite violence at all, all you know in pockets of Gotham City. But what was interesting is the fact is, is that basically, where Arthur thought he never had an effect on the world, he did. It may not have been what he had liked in the beginning, but when he ascended, he affected hundreds of people within Gotham. It may not, it obviously didn't look like much uh, that what was shown, but I'm sure he affected a lot of people, hundreds of people. And the thing was too was interesting, which I, I can say it's my interpretation of it. And as much as I can go and find out what, what the director did for the film uh, in terms of the interpretation, I believe, I well, I, what I actually know is that the reality, the twisted mind, because uh, I mean, it really was about mental illness and acceptance and equality in the world. Where Arthur interaction with uh, Zazie Beetz's character, I believe the real interaction was what was true, where she held a gun to like a fake like her fingers was posing as a gun and like mind-blowing like it's like crazy sometimes you want to shoot yourself and he shared that moment with her i believe that was the real interaction he only really had with her where i was what what felt like what felt like it was on another plane but in a delusional sense of reality is his his wanting of a relationship with her that seemed so naturalistic that 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 was his comfort zone and then where it became real again in the true reality is where he entered her house and she was shocked by the fact that he was there now whether that's truly really truly the interpretation of what really happened i mean that's my point of view but i took it from i took it from her from the layers of layers of like one you being the viewer being lost being so intoxicated by what you're seeing you're within the film then secondly you're st taking a step back 
and you are aware that you are the viewer being intoxicated within that film that you're watching and then you take it a third step back and you're the overseer watching yourself being aware that you are watching yourself so you're you're the one you're in the third person you're watching yourself watching yourself being having that awareness of being transfixed within that film so it's a three step it's a three view effect and that makes sense it's just a matter of applying it of course um but i believe the the true reality is arthur's in first interaction with his neighbor to 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 that point and and last and and only after to the last point where he enters her place and he said he's very had a he's at the paraphrase he's had a very bad day i believe those two those two points are his real interactions with her the middle part was a was a, his fantasy of how he wanted to, to have it with her so and to see him and 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 to, and his truths of finding out and yes a spoiler alert here his the finding out that basically the shack like the shackles were were he was freed by that he found out that he was adopted that penny fleck was not really his mother his, his biological mother as Arthur, as um thomas wayne was never his father um to him to arthur meeting bruce wayne uh like all these things that played out like had an effect where it reminded me of um the bat of uh batman and the 1989 batman where uh bruce wayne uh sorry batman and the joker both say to each other in the bell tower that uh they both created each other they both had a hand in their origins um, to being how they are now. And it's interesting that Arthur Fleck, because of what he did in his high ramp, the high ramifications, caused one of many uh, this, uh, acolytes, you know, not self-appointed acolytes of, the, of Joker, decided to go out and shoot Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne Thomas and Martha Wayne in that alleyway, leaving young Bruce Wayne to witness it. Now, whether or not really, because of this film being outside of the DCEU, uh, the extended universe, and the DC, and this is a DC film uh, standalone, it would be interesting to think whether or not this will turn this Bruce Wayne into the dark night of the future right because it's in its own universe you know you never know uh we'd like to hope always think that because it's it's already in line that this is this this is what happens to bruce wayne we don't know that this will be the reality of this bruce wayne in this period this time period even though there are easter eggs that could suggest that it could be for him in that way we don't know it we don't know this film was meant to be a standalone and have no continuation. But to see Arthur Fleck, actually to put it this way, this film in itself, uh, to me as a writer, really resonated in terms of the high level of, if, if to write a character properly, to build uh, a city, a, a, to build 
characters around this character uh, this individual and to build a city to build a universe it all it, it, there's an escalation of a high level of creativity if it's done right where it's in all areas like the backgrounds like everything within a film has a reason to be there everything about it not just the, i mean one would think always it's not just the characters everything has a reason for being there every like the buildings the the trees everything has a story of why it's there um and many would say that basically that basically well one would think that basically the characters speak more than the building but everything has a reason to be in there yeah the main actors the back the supporting actors the background the, uh, the background extras the you know um the vehicles, the buildings, everything, every one, every one, and every every building has a reason to being there. Everything was grounded in this world, and I say it, it sits right beside the Nolan trilogy, the Dark Knight trilogy. Everything was grounded, but at the same time, they're they're different. Joker to me was a is a brilliant film. Not was it is a brilliant film that. Will we will be remembered for decades because of how it was delivered, the care that was given, the intelligence, the respect, the sensitivity, the professionalism, the craftsmanship, uh, the humani the the grounded humanity that was brought in that very much represents the the real the very world that we live in. And we have to be we really we truly uh, not, I would say this is not like putting paddings around any of us because we can't because we have to t we do take risk in the world to grow to learn to share wisdom and and to say that basically this film hands down is deeply not only enriched not only dis deeply disturbing and I say it in the sense of disturbing, as in it's disturbing to create growth. I mean, it was brilliant to have that, because that's that is this is the truest way that it propels us forward to grow, to always, uh, to always get out of our comfort zone, to stretch us, to to push the limit that's in front of us, to move past it, to go to the next limit, to push through that, to the next, to the next, to grow, to grow, to fully extent to, to fully go through that journey never you know to fully go beyond like fully go beyond to grow to grow to grow because the human condition can go so far within that in that spiritual journey to grow and joker was joker in itself very much felt like a 70s 80s film like a late 70s to early like a late 70s to early film so like one would say it felt like a 70 78 79 to 80 to 81 type of film and yes the film does play take place in 81 but the way the film was presented it felt it had like that same richness aesthetic uh film um filmmaking of the 70s but with the blend of the 80s as well early 80s and and it was done brilliantly it was done in a very brilliant fashion and it and it hallmarks completely 
how filmmaking should be going forward. When it not only when it comes to comic book characters, because it's done, because it's. It, it, it's, I mean, it's, it has been hampered for quite some time. Yes, the MCU has done its fair share, but it's done with the latter films, and I agree with that. That um, that is the consensus out there that basically a lot of the films in the latter part of the MCU has been cookie cutter, but it has to change. And this is the way, in one as in a major aspect, to go towards filmmaking, grounded realism, and and invoking. And bringing and celebrating the hu fully the human condition, and in and in and in any way in every possible way in different forms of cinema, and to me to me in itself basically, to look at this with great appreciation, and I mean it's just the same thing because even I mean because recently I've been watching a lot of dark dark projects that have been that have come out that uh i mean like john wick chapter three i saw that last week and it was it is absolutely brilliant i mean i've seen all three films and i have them on digital video and they're all brilliant films and then the week before that i mean in that same week i was watching the last season of arrow season eight the final season and that was a dark but it was a, a the most rich enriched mature emotional season i ever experienced in a comic book tv show yeah next is season 10 of smallville which was over nine years ago it's i mean nine years actually well 2011 so that was like the final season of smallville so but uh but to joker itself and what i'm saying to put this all together um it it was deep it's just completely it was completely beautiful. Like it was amazing to see this, to to everybody that was involved in it within the film, and the the the, the justice that was given to to creating a character who is Batman's arch arch nemesis, the Clown Prince. I'd like to call him the the Clown Prince of Chaos, which he is, a, an intel. But Arthur Fleck. Because Joker himself is a very intelligent character. And as much as Arthur Fleck could be presented to, to exhibit that, even though in the time frame that he hasn't grown to uh, to exhibit all those stuff that uh, the Joker in the comic books has, this, art, this I mean, Arthur Fleck didn't exhibit the high level of intelligence that the Joker has. I will say I agree with that because the Joker is very and a very intelligent character who's nihilistic. Very nihil deeply nihilistic. Um he does plan out things, but he's very nihilistic in what he does. He does not care. Um but that being said, Arthur Fleck didn't seem to present that like he was very highly intelligent. But I will say his descending and then ascending into the the the, the to into the clown prince, he he in the in the way the film presented it, he he threw away the he got rid of the shackles. Those who were talking bad about him, the colleagues that he thought he was working well with, um, he got rid of he got rid of you know got rid of the the, the three businessmen who were in the train because of Arthur's condition of 
habitual laughing. He got rid of these joke, these 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 fools who didn't understand why he was really laughing at. And they kept pushing him and pushing him, and he got rid of them. And it was interesting that that's how he had to externalize it. The pain that he was feeling that the world was bashing him down with, he had to internalize it. To not in the beginning, but he had he external he had to internalize it to 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 rein it in. But at the same time, too, when he couldn't contain it, he externalized it by smiling. And and I always wonder if like always look on the bright things of um, always look on the bright things of life. That song that played in um some um as good as it gets. With Jack Nicholson, I always thought about that song playing in this movie. That it, you know, and and to see that it, it was heartbreaking to see Arthur was like getting kicked every time, um, um, by the kids in the beginning, and then those guys, uh, the the three suits in the subway train, and where he got fed up, and he. Saw, saw the just seeked out the justice that he felt best for him that um, but it was fitting for him and I and it's fine for that universe but I would never I would absolutely never I absolutely don't condone that type of violence in the real world I do not it fitted for that fictional world and I could say we as viewers could enjoy that for what it is but for what it is because we don't want to see anybody get kicked around and to be taken advantage of. But the way the applied reasons, but the but the applied reasonings that Arthur formulated in himself, and then externalize it by doing it, doing it in a way that no no human being would really want to do it because we really know sensibly we know what really the ramifications, the high ramifications are. Um, but his throwing down the shackles of getting rid of these guys, to uh, killing his his uh, his co his former co-worker, to suffocating his 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 stepmother his, his sorry his foster mother, to killing um, um, Robert De Niro's character Murray, it it was like the shackles were just going away like just falling one after the other where he just completely ascended into Joker. Arthur Fleck ascending into Joker was 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 just the liberation that this he needed. And it was beautiful to see it in that fictional sense. In that fictional sense, as I stress it, I cannot stress it enough. In that fictional sense, and I say this: the last, the part, the part that really got me, that strongly got me, because everything, everything, there was strong, stronger, and strongest. But the strongest part, and I, and I say this, the strongest part that it got me was the ending. Actually, there's two parts, I will say. Um, that hallmark that played side to side where Arthur suffocated his 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 adopted mother Penny Fleck 
and he looked into the lights as he as he looked up into the uh, out of the window. It that looked like. A, I mean, to me, that was like an that was like the next step, step to full ascension. And then when he was put into the institution, um, and he was talking to the uh, therapist or the and. He leaves the room, and there's blood state there, and his and his underneath his, his the pads of his foots was blood, and he walked and walked, walking away from us, to towards the window, and then the lights beaming down, the heavenly light was beaming down, and he was standing in it, and then you can barely see you can see him running back, and like you can see shadows, you see him leaving to the right. And then you see shadows going left to right, left to right, and then you see the uh, the, the final, you see the, the title, the final, um, the end credits, the end. It, it's like, yes, it leaves one to wonder, is there going to be a continuation? Even though it's a finale, it says the end, there can be a continuation to it. Where's Arthur, where's Arthur going forward? And thus it being a standalone and i've read up extend extensively that there could be a sequel to this it, it should be a, i mean if there is a if if there is a sequel you have to move the story forward you know a few years from now of how arthur is in the 80s right but a standalone should just be a standalone if you're saying it's a standalone it should be just that like a one shot, but if there's but if a sequel is deemed necessary, it has to be better. Just like with all, just like with all trilogies, the second story has to be different and elevate past the first installment. The second installment has to be has to be twice as better than the first. As much as it's you can't make the second one you can you should not make the second one as like the first one it should be as it should be elevating to better heights and telling a an even equally better story than the first to give it reason to why there's a second installment second should supersede the first now joker is going if they do decide if dc films warner brothers does decide to do a sequel Arthur Fleck needs to be even more closer to the comic book version of him, exemplifying, showcasing that high level of intelligence, that high level of sadisticness, that high level of narcissism, that high level of nihilism that the world already knows, but in a realistic human, real blood, flesh, bone fashion like realistically but be fleshed out in that comic book world and and if it can be done that will be beautiful to see and to be and it will be the first ever in cinematic history done it that way a film that was meant to be standalone is now being can be pushed towards to being a sequel and go beyond that and if it does 
then you know the box office can be 1.3 billion dollars from the 1 billion that it made in uh in this this the standalone film and it, and i'm uh, and i'm happy about the fact is because it's shocking because this film this budget was around 50 to 70 million dollars just for the production and 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 i'm sure it wasn't that much to market it but it made more than three times the amount on its budget that's incredible that is as absolutely amazing and it's the highest grossing r-rated film of all time and as beautiful as it as it is, it's not just I. I, I to me, is the fact is, is that a film like this was made on the high level of qual professional quality that it was done. And as a writer, that gives me, with the greater amount of uh, uh, creativity that I know I have within myself, uh, but it gives me another level, another level of higher inspiration of being able to one day. Not just hope, not just pinning it on a one day, but to be able to be in a community such as that on a high level to contribute to that in services, not only to write soul in novels, but to also at a high level to work for somebody to contribute at that level. That is amazing for all of us that that would uh, that never thought that it'd be possible to get there. We can get there. Whether you're doing it professionally, writing solo novels on your own or short stories uh creatively in the in that medium in all that medium of film or in uh literature writing books or what have you that possibility to see a type of film like that and yes you could say about deadpool as well um but i mean but to me one of the greatest inspirations in filmmaking because i did study film in school is seeing the nolan trilogies um see because i saw the dark knight i saw batman begins the dark knight and the Dark Knight Rises in one single viewing. And it was enough for me to see it. And that's how I, I mean, uh, to, to me to have seen those films was enough for me not to do any repeats because that was just as how I wanted to view the films. And I mean, I it was a conscious thing, but I never thought like, okay, well, I wanted to see his repeat. I have nothing, this is not about, against anybody about that, whoever did that. The fact is that, again, when as I said in the beginning, this film felt like it was had the same type of aestheticness, but I mean, to like the grounded the grounded nature that Christopher Nolan did for the Dark Knight trilogy. That realistic, you could really believe that the you know with the Nolan trilogy, what Christopher Nolan did, you really believed that Batman could exist. What has been done with Joker? You could really believe Arthur Fleck and and his alter ego, the Joker, could exist. Joker can exist realistically. And for all that it is, I can I it's beautiful that that these things going forward, these projects, they don't have to be campy. As long as they can be be given the breath of life and a depth of truth to each and every individual comic book character, just by prime example of 
you know, yeah, let's say Deadpool, but the real prime example of Joker, even like it could go as far as back as Logan, even though it's Logan is like three, almost three and a half years old now, because it, it will actually, it'll be three years old now, three years old ne uh, next month, because it came out in March of 2017. The real groundedness of Joker. So, yes, Deadpool was the start of making it possible for R-rated films to happen in a comic book world. And then came Logan. And now Joker. Um, in its own different way. It's 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 immensely beautiful, and and I hope, and I ver not hope, I very much look forward to seeing films this like this in nature, uh, in its in in its all encompassing realism with thoughtful, respectful, professional narratives that deems that deems worthiness to be up on the screen, and it and it gives us as an audience and as creatives. To want to sit in that theater and know our money's being worth paid out of our onus that we've gone to that box office or we, scan, we buy it online and we go into those theaters for as long as those theaters still exist and to watch high quality content that does justice for us being there. Like we, we, we see it as being worthy of being there because we sit there and we enjoy the escapism, but we're getting great, rich um, stories that 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 deems worthy of our time. Joker was amazing. Joker was amazing when I watched it last night, but I say presently, Joker was amazing when I watched it. As I say now, Joker is amazing incredibly amazing for what it is and i look forward to all the adapt all the adaptations of the comic book characters that i enjoy as a as a fan because um, i'm sure we all do have favorites of comic book characters that we like um if we like comic books of course um but like i said in the in my um previous episode of um on my first episode for season two uh that you know ultimate kansas i will be going forward enjoying these comic book characters on the big screen not on the small screen it's just a choice it's just a preferred choice of course but like i said in my previous episode um or a couple of episodes of um archer's end and archer's end seeing the green arrow and its groundedness and and its finality in that eight-year journey that I'd spent consecutively watching the show um, and other also shows when I had the time, that spare time, that 20% of spare time to, to give to watching these shows and join them truly out of my own volition. Moving forward and fully embrace and fully completely giving my attention now to these adaptations on the screen, I look forward to now to hopefully seeing a deep sense of ground yeah fantastical nature but a deep sense of groundedness of uh, our grounded uh focus on the batman which comes out next year and that trilogy and how it will play out of a 
30-year-old Bruce Wayne. And... But that being said, it looks like that this world is going to have some of a of an essence of an Arkham universe, in a sense, just, just based on the costume, uh, based on what... Like, it, it seems to be influenced somewhat by Rocksteady Studios. Um, the Arkham's uh, Arkham trilogy, basically the way the aesthetics of the costume already looks. But that being said, no one knows what the synopsis is except for the creatives that are involved in it. But I look forward to the first installment of this trilogy next year. And like I said, if there is a sequel to Joker, I look forward to it just as many as other people because it's a brilliant film, well planned out professionally done, aesthetically pleasing. And to me, it's inspired me to even another higher level of creativity, of the possibilities of how to tell characters better. Tell not only the, the protagonist, the antagonist, the supporting characters, the universe better. Because I, I always had a greater, higher sense of telling stories through my books. My past books, of course, but also at the same time, too, the novels that I do plan to write, and I already have set out and planned, in its in their phases, phase two, phase three, and phase four, um, seeing this and seeing and uh, see, getting that inspiration from a distance perspective of people that I may get to know or may not get to know, I can say kudos to them, because great care was really given and again it hallmark back to the sense of how films in the 70s were done and even the 80s up until the early 90s that yes film does change television the way things are presented in television and film and books but with when it comes to the film medium This was a gift, a blessing in disguise, and I look forward to many more of these types of films being made. The fantastical and also grounded realism. And it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I've been always immersed in the diversity of film and all the different, uh, through different cultures and all stuff. I have personally done that. I have never really spoken about it until now. And I mean, I shared it with friends, but we lose friends because of interests, because they, well, not interests, because many of us, there are those that don't follow through with their dreams because life happens and we just given up because you didn't. But I'm grateful that I never gave up on what I wanted to do um, in following my path of, uh, of, of what it is. And I have established myself in it, but to go forward to, to newer heights and and yes, I, I was at one point ambivalent in watching the Joker in the beginning because I didn't I, I'm watching it now. I'd watched it now instead of when it came out last year in October. But it didn't matter. I mean it's 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 gonna be re relevant uh when you do see it. It's never gonna go it's not gonna be passe, it's not gonna go out of style. No. Um But when I watched it I, it's interesting in that somber view, like that, that quiet, the, the, the ultimate stillness 
as I call it that, that lower lid gaze of watching a movie. Because I often seem to do this. I have this lowered lid, lowered lid gaze of watching a movie because it's, it's so grounded and meticulous and honest and serious. And then you're just in it. You're in the zone of that type of level of, of filmmaking, that narrative. And uh, I, I would go as far as to say that's how I treat it with uh, dramatic films, uh, suspenseful films, thriller films. And actually, because I mean, this film is a slow burn. And to know that, it's just truly inspired because like I said, it's just taking me to another higher level of what, as a writer, for me, because I've been writing seriously since 2008, professionally, that um, that you can go to another higher level with this, and you never know when that 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 inspiration is going to come. That epiphany, and it's great to be that open to it. Have a discerning eye, a discerning mind, discerning mind and eye. But at the same time, too, that openness to being, to embracing newer wisdom. That where you're already out of that comfort zone, you're embracing that, the higher level of wisdom of, you know, and that creativity, and that inspiration, that like everything, all the combinations, there's nothing is separate from it. None, none of these things are separate of what I'm speaking about. But it's true in its sense. It's just amazing. And, but when you put them all together, you move forward in a masterful fashion of that wherewithal collectively. And that's, and, and, and in like itself, in its sense too, out of everything else out of life, it's beautiful. Life is beautiful. And, and, and that, and I could say with that, I thoroughly enjoyed Joker. It was, it, it was an immensely great experience. Um, but that being said, if those who haven't watched it, I recommend, I highly recommend you watch Joker. It's a beautiful film. And if you only see it once, and in, and in many cases, um, it's those, one of those films that you see once out of one month that then you can only come back to it maybe six months later. Because, I mean, I thought this film was going to be a hyper-realistic, dramatic film where you, you watch it a certain period of time during, a, during the day and you, you'd say to yourself, maybe you say to yourself that, uh, nah, yeah, I might want to watch this film six months later. Yeah, I can't watch this film again. This film didn't do this for me at all. It's like I can rewatch it maybe, like, you know, today. Maybe today or tomorrow, but it's not six months later. So, I highly recommend Joker. It's a beautiful film, well professionally created, and truly Joaquin Phoenix did deserve this Oscar. He really owned it. Everybody owned their role. It was a beautiful, beautiful city, beautiful universe, and like I said, if the sequel is going to be done, it has to be twice better than the first. Not only in story, but also in box office. 
because we do live in a world that when it comes to sequelized projects the industry expects better than it but as for me i'd expect i i would hope for a, a even twice better story that propels that gives reason why the characters back on the screen why we're now see we're like where where they are where are they now how is the how worse is the you know how better or how worse is the world uh where are they what what like give us a, you know when we're when we're seeing it we want to understand why it's there why is that object there why is these people there why is you know we want to understand it and you and the narrative of the story should explain to you why everything is happening and and how and how we're going to be accelerated forward to understanding why all things are going on and the motivations of what the characters are doing why you know why there's triumphs and tragedies are happening like everything that's happening everything collectively the story is meant to be moved forward and that's why sequels should exist it moves the story forward twice fold and then if there's a third threefold so i look forward to it if it's if there's never going to be one i'm happy with that I'm not saying it as in an indifferent nature. I'm saying that if there, if it's meant to be this, I, I mean, I really fully accept it. For that very definition, standalone means one-off, nothing more. But if there's a sequelized one, you know what? I, I am already open to that. So we shall see. We shall see. But like I said, I highly recommend Joker. It's a beautiful film. See it for more than what it is than just a, a comic book player, comic book character on the screen. Or comic, sorry, I should say this, comic book characters on the big screen. You don't have to be a superhero to be a comic book character. <laughs> um, everybody has their, play, their place to play in the, in the universe, uh, the world, and universe, I could say as well. But um, everybody was justified and it's brilliant so on that note live life to the fullest